This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back to Man Made Monsters, the show all about scary true encounters with other individuals. Tonight's episode features my friend Fresman, as he recalls a very traumatic experience from his childhood, as well as something very recent, along with some other stories and some scary stories of my own. As always, it's your host Eric, and it's a pleasure to be here tonight. For a link to our Discord where you can be interviewed for a future episode, or to discover more horror podcasts, go to eeriecast.com. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Man Made Monsters. It's your boy, Eric, here. Back at it again. Today, we've got Fresman here. He's a good friend. I've known him for quite a few years, and uh, just an honor to have him on the podcast, for one. He's uh, kind of told me a little bit about, you know, brief summary of the story. I'm not going to ruin anything, but you guys are you guys are in store for quite, quite the story. So I'll let Fresman kind of introduce himself. You can kind of Tell us, uh, you know, when did this happen, kind of what age you wore, you know, location, nothing specific if you don't feel comfortable, um, but things like that. And uh, yeah, I'll let you kind of take it away. Sounds good. Uh, hello, everybody. My name's uh, Fresman. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am the cursed host of a show called Demasts on a channel with my name and face on it. And yeah, I mean, that's uh, the gaming stuff, everything front and back. Jack of all trades, master of none sort of thing. Um, but I've come today with a story from actually my childhood, from when I was about six years old. Um, and there's actually a follow-up to it that takes place actually a couple months ago. And I've, I'm actually very excited to share this with you. I've, I believe I've shared only a part of it, but that was before the follow-up occurred, and that was years ago. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess uh, paint a picture for us from the beginning and kind of, you know, take us down the road. Sure thing. So I'm uh, natively from Oregon, uh, and I lived in an area called Gresham. It's sort of a suburb next to Portland, which, you know, it seems everybody knows where and what Portland is. But, you know, roughly 20 minutes outside of Portland is an area called Gresham. And I was about six years old at, at this time. <clears throat> to make it roughly 2002. Uh, oh, jeez, that makes me feel old. <laughs> uh, but I um, I was on a, a long stretch of road. I believe it's called Stark Street, if, not, if I'm not incorrect. And I, um, I was helping, or I wouldn't say helping. I was uh, supervising, quote-unquote, my dad helping a family friend move into their new apartment. And being a little kid, you can't move much. And so I just kind of stood around and watched. And there's, there's a, it was getting later in the evening. It's already dark out. The, the lights are already on. And we're sort of near the main road. We're at the edge of the parking lot. And my dad asks me to go and check the locks on his truck because he's, you know, 
worked for so many years to get a a nice truck and he doesn't want stolen because unfortunately we have a high crime rate in that area and i i checked the passenger side door and the back door and i round you know the back of the truck and something catches my eye across the street and under one of the street lamps is a i want to say a man in his late 20s early 30s i can't tell his features because of the street light he's standing under like the shadows are casting down over his face and he's standing there with his hands in his pockets and just he isn't moving he doesn't even seem to be breathing and he's from what i can remember in my brain or at least the the nightmare that sort of haunted me for the last you know couple decades is he was wearing a the suit a tie and like a long overcoat and I like I saw him and we kind of just stared at each other for the longest time and I kept waiting for him to move or make some indication that he was a living person and he, he didn't and the a detail I'll I'll mention because it's important here in a second. Where he was standing, his back is to the light post, and on either side, for a good quarter mile in each direction, is just a row of hedges. There's, you know, it's there's nowhere for him to go, no lights, no corner to turn around. And I turn back around and I quickly check the doors and I run back to my dad and I go, "Hey, there's a guy out over there, like he's." freaking me out like there's a guy over there and my dad runs out there and we get around the back of his truck the same way i did before and that guy is gone entirely gone gone with the wind not a trace we looked up and down the road there there's nowhere for him to have gone and he's just poof And this road, I mean, how open is it? Is it pretty open from side to side, or is it? Is there a lot of uh, trees in the way, or? Uh, no trees, just like those finely trimmed hedges on either side. Not, not, uh, not toward the street, but like on the other side. Like if you're walking down, it'll only be on the one side of you. Mm-hmm. And like me and my dad kept, you know we walked up and down the sidewalk and was like, he's, he's gone puff of smoke, just nothing. And I had horrible nightmares about that for, for years after just, it it was more so to me, I couldn't figure out why, why he was there or where he went. And like I being a little kid, I came up with my own theory is like, oh, maybe it's me from the future come back to fix some mistake or some, you know, and it sort of instilled this, this bizarre fear of like, like ominous figures in suits. Like you're a, like the, the, I'll, I'll appeal to the, the gamer crowd here like g-man from the half-life series that's funny so yeah just like real did you get a good look at him would you say like you can you know 
uh, discernible features, I, things like that? Or was it just kind of hard to tell? I, I wouldn't be able to pick him out of a lineup, but he, how do I word it? The, the light hit him in such a way that like his eyes were completely masked by shadow. And he had like a messy sort of like a mop of hair, not, not shaggy, but just like, like he just rolled out of bed. And uh, I, di I didn't think about him, or at least I stopped thinking about him in my like my later like teen years. Um, that is until I started doing Demast, and it was sort of brought up again. And I believe I I shared that story with one of my guests. I'm I'm having a hard time recalling at the moment, but here just a couple months ago, I so. <clears throat> I have what I, I just recently learned the term for it. I've learned that I have autophobia, a total fear or a fear of total isolation. And that doesn't extend to the, how do I word it? If I'm alone in my room and there's somebody else in the house, I'm fine. But if I'm entirely home alone and it's dark outside, I begin to check the windows, that sort of thing. <clears throat> and there was a day where I'm home alone in my apartment, and my, my partner is at work. They're at work at the time. And so I'm, I'm you know, just sitting on, at my desk, playing on my computer and we are on the second floor right above an uh, an older lady a very sweet older lady who doesn't have very many visitors and i'm i'm wandering around the house doing my my patrol quote unquote you know checking my window the front door the sliding glass door that sort of thing and i hear a conversation going on out front and I hear my neighbor talking to somebody kind of by their front door and like, like they're talking outside, if that makes sense. Like they're standing in their front door and talking to somebody, somebody in their yard. Yeah. You can tell they're like not in their house talking, but they're outside. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I'm, I'm nosy sometimes. And so I decided to look through the peephole leading out, to like the landing on our stairs and I look down and I can just make out the top like the brim and the top of a very nice and very well kept fedora and the the what what she's saying to the the person wearing the hat is something akin to like Oh yeah, this is a nice neighborhood. My neighbors upstairs are very nice, you know. And right as she said that, I saw the the hat kind of move, like like they looked up. And for some reason, all those, all that memory, all those nightmares came flooding back, and I dropped. I hit, not fainted, but I ducked, <laughs> and I like crouch walked into my living room over to the shades on the sliding glass door. I shut them. I 
jet every shade I could. And then laying in the middle of the floor in my living room, I call my partner. And I'm like, uh, you know about that guy in the suit I told you about? I think he's outside. That's crazy. I mean, what happened after that? I, I, <laughs> I was, um, too petrified to move, I'd say. But after a moment, I hear a front door close. And I I get up and I kind of, kind of, you know, crawl on my hands and knees to the front door. Very, very, as quiet as I can be, because I know that my neighbor can hear, you know, our footsteps and whatnot. And so I look outside and the person's gone again. There's no nothing in the yard, you know, no hat, no person. And my neighbor has clearly walked back into their home. And what's, what's kill, what, what bothers me to this day is I like, I usually kind of keep track of like who's parked in front of our uh, apartment building because the, the one that we are staying in has only like four or five parking spots per you know, building per tenant. And so I'm looking for like, it was there a car that's missing that wasn't there before. And it's like, no, they're all the way they were five minutes ago. And I, I take the initiative. I open my front door and I run down and I kind of walk into the, the street in the parking area. And I'm looking just for any sort of, confirmation that i was not seeing what i thought i saw <laughs> and i i couldn't i couldn't find anybody wearing a fedora <laughs> and i since then i've i've moved to a rather remote area of texas i'm in the middle of at like when i mean m middle of nowhere i mean miles from anybody and I, I'm not going to lie to you. On top of the, the autophobia, because it's like I step outside and it's just a field in every direction. And I I do, I worry that I'm going to either walk outside or our front door has a a window that's about waist high to the, the top of the door. And I'm, I'm, deeply terrified I'm going to wake up one morning and he's standing there. Did you ever ask your neighbor about it? Did you ever, you know, I don't know how comfortable you are with your neighbors, but did you ever say like, hey, were you talking to someone out here? I, I wanted to, but I felt like I was far too shaken to get it out. Like we, me and my partner had been friends with our, our neighbor at the time, but I didn't want to, you know, who the hell was that? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause it, it was just a, it's, she's, she's an old, older lady and I, did, I didn't want to scare her. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that brought up a lot of memories. Did you ever bring it up with your, your dad, you know, about the, the incident that happened later on? Like, Hey, I just saw this guy again. I, I tried to bring it up to him once or twice. 
and he he didn't know it it kills me to this day because he didn't know what the hell i was talking about and like it's one of those things like how do i word it sure you're a kid you know and a kid's imagination is a, a powerful thing but to a degree you can tell when you're not dreaming you know what i mean yeah i remember i had something kind of similar when i was younger and i i told this story once before on an episode but it was kind of a similar case where i had seen something you know my dad had definitely seen it because it was something but mine was more not humanoid just almost shadow shadowistic for a dark figure um and police came and they like came exactly where i'd seen it you know lingering by a gas station um, for like an hour, I was watching this thing like a hawk from my dad's like backyard. And then cops came and they were like all over that side of the gas station with flashlights and stuff. It was really weird. And then growing up, I mentioned it to my dad and he he had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> but yeah, one of those things that kind of sticks with you as a child because, you know, it's such a terrifying thing. You know, it's like ingrained in you. And then, you know, I think as an adult. A lot of stuff, when kids tell you something, you get a little dismissive. You're like, oh, yeah, this is nothing. Or you don't really pay attention to it as much as uh, I think the child's child's eyes can see. Because we're just so, you know, we're innocent in that sense when we're a kid. We're like, what the fuck is that? But, uh, yeah, I can relate. I can relate on that end. Well, like, to play at Devil's Advocate, or at least for the child side of it, it's also, as a child it's really hard to get your point across because you don't have the vocabulary yet to be like, there is a, like a demon over there, <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah. Cause no one's going to believe you, you know? And then if you say monster, they're, you know, Oh, it's, it's nothing. There's no monsters over there. You know? And I, I, my household was pretty bad growing up. We always had like CPS at the house and for the longest time, I thought they were the men in black because they always came in suits. But I was just like a bad kid. I would just like roam the neighborhood by myself for hours. And then, yeah, CPS would come. <laughs> but I remember running from them because I thought they were like two people in men in black trying to capture me. <laughs> we're going to take you to Area 51 now. Yeah, I literally, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm done. I'm smoked. You know, I, I left my house and now I'm about to get kidnapped. And, you know, and then later on, my mom would tell me. Oh, sorry, my my dogs are going crazy. Um, <laughs> let's see. All right. Well, do you have um, any more details about about this situation? Not about that situation, but I believe we talked about it the other day. That I did have a separate story, but it's more existential terror dealing with a person, but not as direct as man in the moonlight sort of thing no it's all good yeah i'll let you kind of just you know uh whirlwind us with with whatever stories you got on hand and i'm all for it so you know i i enjoy a good story at this point so this one thankfully it it gets it gets dark for a minute but it comes out the other side light lighthearted ish if that makes sense okay nice little happy ending everyone's holding hands 
A like little it. bit like of a roller coaster. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess go go ahead and go for it. Let's hear it. So right out of high school, I made a decision to work at the quote unquote greatest retailer of all time. I decided to work overnights at Walmart and in most modern Walmarts um, that this detail will become important later. Hey friends, don't go anywhere just yet. We're taking a quick little break for our sponsors and we'll get right back to the show. Thanks again. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Uh, most modern Walmarts have a area called the Tire and Lube Center. It's just like their auto center. If you got a flat, they can fix it. They can change your oil, that sort of thing. And where that tire center was situated, on the other side of like the little the little driveway leading out, is a 10-foot high, like, cinder block wall. And then, like, stepped on top of that is a, uh, like, a wooden slat fence. I know I'm giving a lot of detail about this area, but I promise it's important. <laughs> so I had been working there for some time, and I worked uh, specifically maintenance. So I cleaned floors, I, you know, swept, mopped, and I also went outside and grabbed carts. So one night, sort of you know listening to music trying to get my brain off the fact that this this job sucks and i want to go home um i'm walking towards the back of the tire the tire center uh because people in that area like to either park back there and sleep or they get food and just park back there and eat or they love for some reason love to leave their shopping carts back there despite there being no parking spots and that's why it went back there, because, you know, people usually leave a cart or two back there. And so I'm, I walk back there, and there's no carts, and I figure, ah, forget it. And I turn around and start to head back. And about 12 seconds pass after I start walking, and I hear this thunderous boom, crash, and I spin back around. And there are now pieces of wood spinning on the ground where the there's now a hole in that fence on top of the 10-foot-high wall. And my first thought wasn't that something came through there. My first thought was, oh, it's an old piece of junk fence. I'll just, you know, kick the wood splinters to the curb, pick them up later. So I start to walk back over that way, and I notice a pair of blinking brake lights. And I I look at it, and it's a small Nissan car 
sticking halfway out of the emergency exit of my building. <laughs> and to this day, I don't know if our store was equipped with microphones and our cameras, but I'm pretty sure somewhere somebody heard me go, oh my God, and run at the car. So I throw the car open, or I throw the door open, and there's a lady in there, and the windshield smashed, everything in the car is on the ground, just everything's gone to hell. She's totally fine. She's drunk, but totally unscathed, not a scratch. And I'm I'm pleading with her because I, I don't know the condition of the car. I can't see the, the engine block because it's inside the building. But I, I can't see the engine. I don't know if there's a fire. I don't know what's happening or if there's anything leaking. And I, I'm asking her, I'm begging, just please get out of the car. You can sit at like on the curb, just right there. I just, I need you out of the car, please. And she's arguing with me. <laughs> just, oh, no, I just want to sit here for a minute. And where's my phone? And I find her phone. It's on the floor, just, you know, under by the gas paddle. And the screen is absolutely decimated like she was holding it when she crashed. And I I finally, you know, get my feet under me in terms of, you know, I, there's something that's got to be done. So I call the cops and I tell them, hey, I'm at the the village Walmart by a Burger King. I need you to come here and the dispatcher is being unhelpful and I'm still panicking because again, don't know the condition of the car and the dispatcher is going, well, do you know the address or is it on the North side of the building? And I tell them, look, I'm a six foot two man with a beard. You'll see me just send a car, please. I don't know if this woman is okay. And the cop shows up, and my manager opens the other emergency exit door that happened to be nearby. And right as he opened it, I it dawned on me, oh my god, that is the 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 car. Excuse me, the door which the car had entered is the emergency exit for the break room. And so I I flip, I sprint past him, and I'm running my way through the store as hard as I can and my supervisor kind of tried to like slow me down to ask about if I mopped the bathroom correctly and I just told him no and to follow me and so we run into the break room and so for for those who are unfamiliar with emergency exits a lot of times they're very thick steel doors and this lady had hit the door so hard with her car that it folded the door in half at a 90 degree angle golly that's crazy and yeah and hit so hard that the driver's side headlight ejected from the car and shot across the room 
and I I took a video of it because I I had to. Um, it's on some old phone, but I just I remember standing there and I see one of my my uh, my friends who worked there, who was a cashier, and she's sitting there with her headphones in and is asleep. And I, <laughs> and I we we wake her up and I'm like, did you not see? this like did you did you did you not see this and they take their headphones out and go oh crap oh just immediately start freaking out because there's a very high chance with working graveyard that she might have just slept right through it and this this cold shiver rolls over me as I realized if I were just like the, the, the exact measurement, I, the reason I brought up, you know, I was walking for about 12 seconds is if I were 12 seconds slower, I would have been a part of that, that accident. Like where, where the car had traveled was where I was standing 12 seconds prior. And that I was immediately filled with this, you know, just thoughts of my, my family and my friends and, like, what I could have lost. Yeah, and this lady essentially would have just been passed out inside there with no clue. Yeah, none none the wiser. And I I get out, so I go back outside, and I'm sh I'm shaking at this point, and I'm relaying to my manager, the overnight manager, "Hey, man, I need a minute. You know, this is rough. Like, I was almost like I was almost red paint on the side of the building." And he goes, "Well, get back to work. Start cleaning up." And I I froze because what else are you supposed to do in the wake of that stupidity? And I, you know, just trudge over to the maintenance closet and get the cleaning supplies. And my, my coworkers are helping me. And they're making, uh, they're making horrible jokes the whole time. And one, one got me, uh, not, not made me laugh, but just like gave me that icy sinking feeling. And one of my coworkers looks at me and goes, well, you almost got off, you know, got off work early. And I, 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 um, yeah. And so I, I go through the rest of the night and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm reliving it as I'm telling it. No, it's okay. I understand. And I'm, I, you know, the rest of the night, I just, I tell my coworkers, I'm like, can I just push carts? Because it's like grab carts from like the like for like you know it's one of those super centers those huge parking lots and so I'm like I'm gonna go to the farthest corners of this parking lot and just collect carts and just try not to think about my own mortality for five minutes and 7 a.m. rolls around the sun's come up and it's time to head home and I'm walk into the break room and I'm staring at the car still embedded in the, the thing because the 
the tow truck crew is trying to figure out how to remove it from <laughs> from the door frame and i'm i'm hearing people telling different stories and stories that are untrue because they weren't there like the break room was empty sans one person and they're like oh i heard somebody got hit by the debris or man i can't believe it launched like a table across the room and which none of that happened and i hear one of the other night managers like not the original fellow but a, another person talking to the daytime supervisor that just walked in and as i'm putting my bag on and i'm wondering why nobody's asked me any questions i hear the manager go no i don't think anybody saw the incident <laughs> to which i i whip around to them and i just go i was there they're like, what do you mean? Like you saw what happened afterward? I'm like, I I called the cops. I was the I was the first responder. And the daytime manager goes, Would you be willing to fill fill out a witness statement? And I go, Absolutely. And so I, you know, handprint two pages worth of testimony, give it to him, and I'm almost in tears at this time. Not only because the adrenaline is worn off, but the the idea that nobody seemed to have cared or noticed. And I I remember I asked both my the nighttime managers, hey, can I just have tonight off? Can I just go home and like hug my mom <laughs> and you know just can I please just have tonight off to to reconcile with the fact I almost died tonight? And they both go, absolutely, we will see you the day after tomorrow. And I go, perfect. And the, it's hard to describe. So the, where where I lived is a straight walk from that Walmart. But where it's located is on an overpass, or right, uh, excuse me, at the bottom of a hill that I have to walk on the sidewalk of an overpass to get to my house. And I'm trying to figure it all out in my head. How on earth did I almost get taken out by a drunk idiot, like somebody who could not care less about their safety and the safety of anybody else nearby to the point where I was almost wiped from existence. And in the middle of that thought, I'm at the crosswalk and I noticed some tire tracks, some burnt rubber, and I kind of follow them with my eyes from the, the light, you know, the light perpendicular to me. And it goes past where I'm standing and down the hill, which is like a grass hill, and I see two perfect uh, tire marks through the fence where she had crashed. And it hit me that she, like, it's not like her brakes went out. She fell asleep and just drifted over a couple of lanes, hopped a curb, Flew down, I want to say about half a football field worth of grass, and then 
boom, crash. And I get home. I tell this recollection to my, my mom and my brother who are both crying. And I'm, you know, thankful I made it home. And then later that night, uh, when it's, you know, roughly about when my shift starts, I get a phone call from one of the other managers who happened to be on that night asking why I wasn't in to work. And I explain everything to him, everything that happened. I'm like, hey, man, you know, I told Mark and Diane what happened like you know that emergency accident they got folded in half he goes yeah i'm like i was almost part of that and to his credit he just doesn't give me any pomp and circumstance you know well you can't miss work or anything like that he just goes gotcha have a good night and then hangs up yeah i mean yeah i'm probably realistic you know just let you yeah he seems like he understood that 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 I used to live near there right before we moved uh, to where we are now, and every, every time we went there for you know, groceries or something, I just had just horrible flashbacks. <laughs> but yeah, just um. Say well, it's not a not a man with a knife or a mugging or nothing. That I I personally find that more terrifying is to accidentally be harmed by somebody who's not careful. Yeah, I mean that sounds more dramatic, honestly, than some of the. Uh, I mean, some of the you know stories you you predominantly think of when it comes to another person like oh i was followed you know to my car while i was you know coming home from the movies or sometimes i mean they can be pretty crazy too i've heard some pretty crazy ones especially narrating for years and but i mean fuck i mean almost literally dying that's that's you know and especially when it's just so abruptly and you you come to a realization after the fact Well, yeah, they can't even can't even relate to that one. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, thankfully, there's a good ending to the story. So I was I was about 19 at the time, and you know, fresh out of high school, still. And I I had been given the wrong I had been given a misconception about jobs at that point in time. I was under the idea that if you have a job, you work that job until you die, you know? Like, you, if you got a job as a cashier, you stay as a cashier, that sort of thing. And it hit me during a a, a meeting, I want to say two, two or three days later, where I'm, I'm standing there you know last night and toy sold 800 or something and it dawned on me I hear this voice in the back of my head go you could just get another job 
And with that, I uh, I unclip my name badge from my <laughs> from my vest. I hand it to my manager. I shake his hand, and I just hey man, I think I'm done. And he goes, well, how much did you hear? Um, the end part, it kind of clipped out, but I heard you when you had mentioned you had taken your badge off and you gave it to the other manager and just, you know, he was asking if you're not feeling good and you're like, no, I'm, I'm gone. I'm done. <laughs> I say, good. That's, that's where I left off. Okay, cool. Yeah. It was only the last part. It was kind of starting to stutter out though, but it, it came through. Gotcha. Well, do you have any other stories though? It happened overnight at Walmart. God, it. I mean, in, in just like rapid fire, I witnessed a um, a cocaine field fist fight. Okay, I got to hear about that one. So I'm inside the store helping stock shelves, and I just hear like, like a slapping sound. Like 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 something hitting skin. And I kind of lean around my uh, my aisle, and there's a guy. Hey, friends, don't go anywhere just yet. We're taking a quick little break for our sponsors, and we will get right back to the episode. Walking with, like, purpose, like his shoulders back, and his buddies next to him punching him in the head as hard as he can, and it's doing nothing. Like, the... Each blow landed is just bouncing off this guy's face. And finally, the, the managers pull them apart, even though the other guy wasn't fighting back. And I hear the sentence, I have to punch him in the face to save his life. All right, seems pretty reasonable, you know, like uh, CPR, but not. All right. I mean... What was the the term a buddy of mine used to use? Um, was it physical maintenance or no concussive maintenance? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> this is straight to the dome. Oh, I mean, so he said that, and they were just like looking. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh yeah, they they had. They had pulled him apart, and like the guy being punched, completely calm, unaffected. Like they're like, "You sit down here." He's just like, "All right, I'll sit right here, and I will wait for the proper authorities." But then, oh, I got I got one that I think will be just long enough to close this out if you wanted to hear it. Yeah, go ahead. So, still at Walmart, I had um, I had fallen while cleaning and hurt my back. So I was on like medical, not medical leave, but um, oh, what's the word for it? Like they changed my job to fit with my injury, and they had me watching the door, you know, checking receipts, greeting, door greeting, and all this. And I'm standing there, and I, I don't know what it is. It, it must be the mask or something. But I seem to attract crazy people. Like, there will be a crowd of people, 
and the one nutcase will weave his way through the crowd to me. And so I'm, you know, telling everybody, you know, hi, how's it going? Welcome to Walmart and da-da-da-da-da. And this guy just kind of appears on my left side. He's about a foot shorter. He's got hair down to his shoulders. And he is sweating harder than I've ever seen anybody sweat. And I go, hi, welcome in. And he goes, hey. It's like, do you, uh, you like, um, like science fiction and stuff? I'm like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Like, yeah. And he goes, I, man, I haven't slept in six days and I, I think I've unlocked the secrets of the universe. I see through the pattern of reality. I can see the other side, man. And I just, I don't want to upset him. And I don't want to make it obvious that I'm freaking out. So I just kind of play along. Just, yep, absolutely. I totally understand what you're saying. As he goes on a about hour and a half diatribe about seeing the patterns in reality. And how the molecular structure of his body will break down. And he will become one with an energy being or something like that. And after a while, thankfully, thankfully, one of my managers comes by and saves me. And they go, hey, sir, I'm going to need you to leave. Otherwise, we're going to call the cops. You've been here. You haven't bought anything. And you're creeping us out. And so he leaves. And I don't really see much of him for the rest of the night except for he's outside he's outside the building and i can see him out there once in a while i'll look and he's looking in the window at me and he it's not malice it's like he's got a secret to tell me if that makes sense like he desperately needs to share some information and i I convince my manager to let me out the back door. And I go, hey man, that guy from earlier, I think he's still around just in case. Can I leave out the back? It was absolutely, and he unlocks it, lets me out, and I go home. And I didn't work that following night. But I get a phone call from one of my coworkers who I'd made fast friends with. And all I hear him say is, hey, he was here looking for you tonight. And I go, who? And he goes, that guy you were talking to, he was here, like, screaming your name, asking for you. And I go, what happened? And he goes, well, you know, Mark called the cops, and they were arresting the guy, and the guy just kept screaming, I need to sleep, I need to sleep as they're stuffing him into the back of the cop car, just kept repeating that and kept yelling for me. And I think the very thankfully I've never seen that man again, but I, I dread going back to that Walmart just in case. God, Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Well, I had mentioned to you over, over DMS that I had worked for Walmart and, uh, I got a couple, couple stories that I'll share, you know, just for the sake of sharing them, I guess. Um, things that I had tucked away for a very long time, not to be seen by the light of day or others' <laughs> ears. 
But um, some, a couple things that I can totally relate. So, I mean, overnight at Walmart, a lot of theft. So many, so many people stealing. It's crazy. And, uh, you know, it's no surprise. It happens near the day. It's going to happen at night. It just happens all the time, especially at Walmart. So, yeah. But uh, <laughs> one of the stories that kind of sticks out is um, kind of related is I remember one time I was on my lunch break, and it's like, you know, probably like, I don't know, 3 a.m., maybe 2 a.m. It's pretty late because I worked from like 11 to 7 a.m. in the morning. So, and uh, I'm out there, I'm eating my lunch, just kind of like chilling on one of the benches. And, you know, I see, I see across the street, like a crazy car just speeding down. And, and across the street, it goes like up a big hill. Like imagine if you're looking straight across the hill starts from like the left side and it works its way to the right, like straight in front of you. So, I can see this car working its way down the hill and it's going pretty fast. It's like a 20 or 30 mile per hour road, but this car is going at least like 50 or 60. And I'm sitting there just kind of like watching. I'm like, okay, you know, some dude just, you know, going for a joy ride at night, whatever. And then there's like a little plaza across from the Walmart and it has like a little bakery and um, some other stores, all just like front window stores, you know, nothing really enclosed. They're all just kind of like regular window, you know, window stores you can see all into. And I see this car and it just like barrels into the parking lot, but it doesn't make a turn. It just goes from the street and it must have gone over like the intersection or the uh, whatever divider that lets you pull into the parking lot. And it just barrels through and it crashes through like three of the stores. (laughs) And as this happens, I see a cop car working its way down the street where he just came going the same speed. And I'm like, oh, shit, this guy's being chased. So, you know, I'm just sitting there on the table. I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch this. So, you know, I see the two guys get out of this this car from across the street, and they run. They run into the parking lot that I'm, you know, the, the parking lot of Walmart. And there's, like, very little cars there, for one. And it's the most lit-up area out of any area they could have ran. I don't know why. So they run across, they're on the parking lot. I can see these two guys and they're, you know, they're both Hispanic and probably mid thirties, early forties and they're hauling ass. And the cop, I see him now running from the, across the street. For some reason he ran, he didn't stay in his car and chase him. So he's running across the street and this cop is like severely overweight, you know, just like what you would think like a comedical cop in a donut shop would look like. And he's not breaking any wind you know this this guy is at a very fast walk um very briskly trying to capture these guys and they just go for it you know they run right past me and the only way i can describe the story is kind of like that scene in in spider-man one whenever he goes for the wrestling match and the guy takes the money and he runs past peter parker and he he just kind of like shrugs his shoulder over and lets him pass you know it was kind of like that case they ran past me down like the front of the Walmart and I just kind of like lean back more so they can get past me. And the cop by now comes up and he's running past me. He's like, why didn't you try to stop them? And I was like, what did you want me to do? (laughs) So funny. And he just keeps going. And then I remember later on towards the end of my break, I see the cop just like walking through the other side of the parking lot back to his cop car. And I was like, okay, he definitely didn't capture these guys. They, They got off. But yeah, I remember that happening. Another thing that had happened, I had just gone off of work and it's like 7 a.m. and I'm shopping, you know, I'm tired, I'm shopping and we hear like a huge, huge crashing sound 
And we had one of those Walmarts with the Murphys in front of it, you know, a little gas station. And a car had drove right into one of the gas pumps and just exploded. So just like a huge fireball in front and then all this smoke getting into the store. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So I'd hurry up and check out and I leave, you know, because I'm like, well, I don't want to get stuck here. So I don't want to close down the registers. I got to buy my, my food. So that had happened. And one one story that your cocaine story reminded me of, we had we always had this one girl that would come in and she was just like, you know, she was uh, like a white older woman. I'm going to say in her, you know, probably early 50s, maybe to late 50s. And she was one of those girls that always has, like, she dressed like she was still, like, a preteen, like, uh, bedazzled hats and, you know, kind of everything bedazzled still. She was living in the 90s, Um, which isn't a bad thing, but it adds to her character. So she looked like a Muppets character. Um, (laughs) So, But she was always the world's biggest fucking bitch. Like, just, God damn, I hated dealing with this lady. And I was a manager. I was a customer service manager. It was my job to manage her you know, managerize for customers that were being like this. So I'm like, fuck. And I would just avoid her. But this one time, it's late. We just started implementing, like, no 24 hours a night. So people were starting to kind of get in the habit of coming right at closing time. And she comes in. And I don't know why. But first of all, she pulls up. And I see her pull up. And I know it's her because she pulls into the handicapped spot. But she pulled into it. Like, half her car is still sticking out into the the front part of Walmart where you drive through, you know, to turn into each lane and it's like halfway out and her driver's side is facing the store. So the car is backwards for one, how it's supposed to go in there pulled out sideways. And I see her like what I can only imagine is doing what Neo did in the matrix. Whenever he dodged the bullets, she was doing that to get out of her car. She was like, she was playing limbo to get out of her car. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with this lady? I thought she was having like a medical emergency, you know? And then she finally gets out of her car, like on the floor, and she gets up and she starts walking like nothing, you know. I'm like, okay. So I just go inside. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna avoid this lady. And we, we had this one dude who would work overnights, and he was probably like ten years older than me at the time. Um, but I used to just call him Hollister because he just looked like a Hollister model all the time. He just looked like the world's most attractive dude. You know, so you'd like it looked like a cross between uh, David Beckham and uh, just whatever handsome guy you could think of. Imagine that. So, <laughs> so I always called him Hollister and he was cool. He was always a cool dude. He was like, yeah, what's up, Eric? And, uh, you know, but this lady, for some reason, I, she's trying to buy something and the, ca- the register's not working. You know, she's in the self-checkout because all the registers are pretty much closed at this point except for one. And there's a huge line of people using it. So she's in self-checkout. Whatever, you know, I think she's just going to steal some shit, but I'm not going to really care because I'm not in a loss prevention. So she's buying her whatever pack of gum and it's not working. And I see Mr. Hollister walking past her and she just like slams like the pack on the on the register. And she goes, this is why that guy right there is on crack. Okay, that's why he's a fucking crackhead. And I remember him just kind of looking at me with like one eyebrow raised and he looks at her and he's like, whoa. (laughs) So I'm like, "Uh, ma'am, he is not on crack. Uh Sorry, sorry if that disappoints you, but uh, I'm gonna need you to leave. What? Well, I just need to buy this. I was like, you're not buying anything because you're now banned. Okay, I don't want to see you in the store ever again. 
<laughs> You're becoming violent. Please leave. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm going to need you to just go ahead and not come back ever again. Can you please do that? And she was so mad. She's like, well, I just need to buy this. And I was like, I'm not going to sell it to you. I was like, you can leave or I can call the cops. It's your choice. And, uh, well, she took the hint. You know, luckily she wasn't very confrontational besides just, you know, being a lot of mouth. And, uh, you know, she left and she did the same Neo Matrix crab walk back into the car, which at this point, everyone that had worked there had already kind of like heard the commotion. So they all went to the front of the store to see her leave. And we're all just kind of like standing there in the door. Imagine like a group photo of people standing in the door, all employees with their vest on watching this lady struggled into to get into her car. And we're all just kind of like laughing. And uh, Walmart. <laughs> yeah, it was like just a, a crazy, you know one-off time and i think we got like 10 more minutes 10 minutes left so i'm gonna say one more story from walmart because we're already shitting on walmart and it was a horrible job and i hate it and i got fired (laughs) from it for being in the icu for five days all right can you imagine that for my daughter my daughter was in icu for five days when she was born and they fired me because of that but uh dare you have a medical emergency yeah so i can relate on the other end too where like they're just cold and they don't give a shit and i remember i walked into work too to clock in no one had told me i'd been fired i walked in to clock in at night you know because i'm ready i'm like okay whatever clock in and then it's not working so i'm like what the fuck so i'm trying to you know clock in again it's still not working so i'm like okay whatever i'm just gonna go ahead and work you know my shift and i'll tell the uh, store manager she comes in the morning so i work my whole shift and then she finally she she didn't even know she goes on the computer and she's like oh you've been fired i'm like why well, you missed five days of work. I'm like, I called in every single day. I talked to someone. I told them, you know, I'm like, do you need the medical stuff? And she's like, no, well, it just, you've, you've already been fired. So there's nothing I can do. And I was just, I was already going to quit too. I think I'd already put my two weeks notice in at this point and I was already going to move. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'm done. But, uh, that, that's unrelated to this last story. I just thought I'd throw that in there. So fuck you, Walmart. Um, <laughs> so, well, I mean, on the upside, you'll be able to you know get unemployment. You know, I was like eighteen at the time. I didn't even think about that. I, sh- I mean, I should have. Now at twenty seven, <laughs> I'd be like all over that. But uh, <laughs> was, wait, you uh, and I are the same age. We are the same age. Let's go. Son, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Wait, when's your birthday? Mine's February. In February. Oh, that makes you older. Just by a month. Let's go. March. Bow to, bow to your sensei. Bow to your sensei. But, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. So last, last and final story, guys. Unless you got a story after this. So, oh. I, say, well, the rest of mine are just more funny than anything. Yeah, it's all right. I like to sprinkle a little funny in here every now and then. I think some people can take off in the craziness for a little bit. But th- this last story is, uh. Well, uh, viewers' discretion is advised if you are oh, a, you know, you've ever been uh, essayed by another person. So, luckily, it's not too bad, but I, you know, some people might have uh, bad experiences. So, we had this one homeless guy. We used to call him Homeless Jerry, and he would walk around with a guitar. He was a really not bad person, you know. He was just kind of like would chill. He'd come in, play his guitar every now and then in the front of the store, and he might shop around a little bit. Um, he never stole anything. You know, we didn't give him a hard time. He never stole anything. He would just buy, like, you know, whatever little food he was hungry for. And he would, you know, if someone made a fuss about it, he would leave. We had a new girl start working there. And she had just retired from the Navy. 
Um, I say retired because she went in for four years and she was still like young. She was like 20 something, you know. But gotcha. she had retired from the Navy. So she's out of it and she needed a job. So where do you go after the military? That's right, Walmart. So um, <laughs> she's there and she's, you know, overnight, she's stocking stuff. And, you know, she's she's a pretty woman. You know, she's not bad looking. And I remember she came up to me like a weekend. She's like, hey, this guy keeps following me. Can you please say something? And I look over her shoulder and I see homeless Jerry, you know, coming down the aisle. And he's got his guitar out. You know, he usually never plays it in the store, but he's got it out and he's like singing his heart out. And keep in mind, this guy is at least like 60, you know, and we're both like early teens or early 20s. Um, I'm a late teen. She's early 20s. And I'm like, OK, for sure, I got this. So I theatrically go, hey, I need you to go to the break room and take care of this for me. Can you do that? And she like shakes her head and she like takes off. And then all of a sudden he's no longer playing the guitar. He like puts it to the side and he starts following her. So, you know, I follow behind her. I'm like, hey, 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 you know, you can't come in here. So he's trying to, like, get in the break room at this point. So now he's, like, mumbling stuff, and he's just saying how he wants coffee, you know, because we've got coffee in the break room. So I'm like, um, yeah, I'm sorry. That's only for employees, sir. You can't go back here. And, you know, he's getting more restless now. So I'm like, you, you got to leave. And at this point, he takes his guitar and, like, smashes it against the wall next to me. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. I'm about to get in a fight with a homeless dude. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's all he did. He smashed it, and then he picked it up, and he walked out of the store. And, you know, it really didn't get anything past that. I didn't see him after that either. But I remember thinking it was scary in the, in the moment, you know, because, I mean, I was pretty decent built back then too. Um, bigger now, but back then I was a decent build too, and, you know, I was – but I had zero fighting experience. I worked out so I can look like I know how to fight. That's all I needed, you know? And I was like, ah, shit, I'm going to get my ass kicked by an old homeless man. I was like, there we go. I guess that's my last my last story um, that I want to sprinkle in there. So if you got anything else, lay it on us. If not, I'll let me know. I've got it. I've got a super short, light, lighthearted one. Okay, yeah. Let's wrap it up with that. That way we can kind of end on a good note. I like that. <laughs> like like the news reports, you know, on the lighter side. On the lighter side, after this 10-person murder, kittens, yeah. are they are they getting cuter? Tonight at 5. Oh. You're like, Bus what? Children was found at the bottom of the lake. Also, puppies. Also, puppies. Why does their breast smell like coffee when they're first born? You're like, what, what was the first part again? I could have sworn I heard nothing. <laughs> Why did the screen like flash red there for a second? Yeah, I just saw I just saw gore on my TV. I, a, I just I saw a screaming skeleton. I don't. I want to know what that's about. <laughs> Jeez. But I uh, there there was this gentleman that used to just appear sort of all at all hours of the night, and when I mean all hours, I mean like. Oh, I came back at noon to do some grocery shopping. He's still here. What's he doing here? And is a very, like, I want to say six foot five dude who wore <clears throat> a trench coat, like a long black trench coat that was always buttoned up with a, uh, oh, what's it called? What are they called? The, like the fisherman's hats? Oh, I know what like, you're talking about. I don't know the exact name, but yeah, I know what you mean. Like a Captain Price hat, you know? Yeah. 
<clears throat> but uh, he had this bit, I want to say it was about two foot long, had this giant ivory horn. Like, it was a real horn that he could play like a trumpet. And when I first heard it, I thought I was losing my mind. Because <clears throat> I had been working overnights for about, I want to say, two weeks. And I still hadn't adjusted to the overnight, like, sleeping. Or the, you know, the graveyard shift sleep schedule. And so... I'm sitting outside and I'm kind of like melting into the bench waiting for my ride home. And I hear off in the distance this. And I kind of try to look around. Don't really see anything. Then I put my head back down. I hear. And I look up and. Here appears this man in a trench coat with an ivory horn. And he's singing gospel songs. But he's got this like really deep what's what's the word I'm looking for? Deep tenor, you know? Just this deep rumble in his chest when he's saying Yeah. But the problem is but the thing is once in a while he would also do it in the store. And I tried to tell one of my coworkers about it, but he didn't believe me. Like there I'm like, I promise you, there's a guy, really tall guy, he plays an ivory horn. And he's around here somewhere. I know it. And all as if almost on cue from the the shoe section, I hear, and I grab him, and we start running, and we both like slide into the end of the aisle, and there he is trying on shoes and occasionally blowing the horn while singing gospel songs to himself. And I just I pulled my coworker around the corner like. I I told you. I told you. <laughs> well, you you didn't believe me. You you owe me now. <laughs> but I I've I've actually stopped and talked to that guy. Like had a conversation with him, and you know what? He was incredibly nice. That's I hope funny. he's doing well. And I, I couldn't. In all of our conversations, I could not bring myself to be like, "Why are you here? Why?" <laughs> You don't work here. You don't work anywhere near here. I've been to the other stores. You aren't in them. Why here? That's his spot, you know? That's his spot. You gotta let him do his thing now. Yeah. But I I just... To this day, I I hope... I'm pretty sure he's still doing it. I hope he is. I really do. That's cool, though. I like that. All right. Well, Fresman, I think it's been been pretty cool to have you on. I've had a lot of fun. Um, one of the things I always ask at the end of my shows is what, and you know, this could pertain to any of the stories you've, you've said so far. Um, what, what's something you would advise to a, a viewer or a listener, you know, some advice? Um, what would you do in a situation if, if, you know, something like this happened to you, what, and you know, you can give us, uh, the story, you know, uh, pertaining to this story. This is what I would have done. Um, yeah. But what's a piece of advice you'd give to a, to a listener? So, as somebody who's run into his fair share of crazy people, I would say the best life advice I could ever give, even outside of, like, anomalous suited person showing up in multiple parts of my life, 
or almost getting vibe checked by a drunk driver, um, I would say, and I mean this wholeheartedly, learn how to disengage from a conversation. Like, that will save you in the long run. Like, some, like, if you're like me and you attract crazy people and some nutcase comes up to you and they're like, oh, the secrets of the universe, just learn to go, like, cool, I gotta go, have a good one, and then just, like, bounce, don't wait around. All right, yeah, that's pretty solid advice. I I second that. I third that, second that, and fourth that, definitely. Yeah, you still live in California, so I can I can relate on that on a hard hard. There's so many yeah. fucking crazy people in California. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like uh, you know the the phrase like out of the woodwork. Yeah, I do. I know that phrase. I know that when phrase. I worked. When I worked overnights, it was literally out of the woodwork. Like, I would watch people just, like, spawn out of bushes. I'm going to go steal three boxes of cereal and then just walk into my building. Yeah, we had one dude steal an entire shopping cart full of protein. Like, everything from the protein aisle. Everything. And we couldn't do anything. We are just like, okay. Should have been me, though. Should have been me. (laughs) But it was was a hell of a grab. As as he's going by, it's like share. <laughs> yeah, he must have taken at least like a good two grand worth of you know product. It's like those uh those memes you see where somebody gets like super jacked, like cartoonishly jacked. <laughs> That's funny. So, you, so you'll see him at the you know body lift the Mister Universe. Yeah, we should have called the police and told them to look at the the nearest gyms. Have you seen this guy? Oh yeah, that's big. That's big, big chest. Chester, I, don't, I gotta know it. <laughs> it's that guy that doesn't believe in leg day. That's the dude that steals all everyone's protein. He doesn't even work out here. He just comes and takes everyone's protein shakes. He, he, he doesn't mix it with anything. He just eats it. He raw, <laughs> raw powder. Do you know what that would do to a digestive tract? Oh, my God. I thought he was doing the cinnamon challenge. It's just protein. <laughs> he can't even swallow it. Look, he's back. He's right there. <laughs> he's all coughing. And all <laughs> so you're under just, like, smeared on his face. Yeah, he's all coughing. Trying to... <laughs> it's an addiction. Cool. All right. Well, I'm gonna, I'll end it here. And, uh, and yeah, hopefully everyone, you enjoyed listening to this. I had a lot of fun, a lot of fun being here tonight and, uh, hope everyone has a good, a good new year's coming up soon. And, uh, if you celebrate it, you know, Christmas, if you don't celebrate it, you get no gifts. No, um, <laughs> and all the other holidays that are to come. So happy holidays, happy Christmas, merry birthdays, all that. So adios, everybody have a good night and uh, that's it. Have a good one, everybody. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end of the podcast. If you made it this far, then I'm sure you'd love to know where you can find more content. For more scary podcasts like this and a link to our Discord where you can reach out to be interviewed on the show, please go to eeriecast.com. Thanks again. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.